You are listening to You Heard It Here, second episode 58. The podcast is produced every Monday night and airs every Tuesday morning. More information can be found on our website, derekandsteve.com. All right. We'll catch you guys next week. Later days. Later days. Hey, that's my thing. (laughs) Derek and Steve present... Admittedly, uh, these questions are way harder in the second half. Yeah, we had to get harder. <laughs> yeah, because you knew I was going to crush it. <laughs> it doesn't sound very complicated, but you have to make sure you're giving the presenter the right envelope. It doesn't you're sound right, complicated. And it's not complicated. <laughs> the word but doesn't belong there. Correct. It's not complicated. You have to make sure you're giving the presenter the right envelope. Correct. Th- that's what he should have said. Yeah. The bathroom oh my God. was the seventh circle of hell. It was. It was the it most was. disgusting place I have ever been, and that's not a joke. You heard it here second. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 58 of You Heard It Here Second. I'm Derek alongside Steve. Steve, we're back after two weeks uh, separating the last episode because we had a week off. Yeah, so we, we missed one episode. Missed one episode. So. That sounds worse when you say... Sounds worse when you say two weeks. Yeah. We missed one episode. We only missed one episode. But it's been two weeks since you listened sure. to us. Sure, technically you're right. It's been two weeks. Although actually real fans, it hasn't been two weeks. They would have listened to an old episode. They're just re-listening week. every day, so yeah. it's been a few hours. Right, right. It's yeah. been a couple hours since you last listened. Uh, so episode 58, if you heard it here a second, we're back. Uh, we will. We have a lot of sports going on in the world today. A ton of sports. So, uh, probably a lengthy sports section, but we have three periods for you today. Uh, no game show, no contestants. Uh, we have the BC Update in period one, pop culture in period number two, and the third period will finish strong with sports. So uh, I'll let you kick it off, the BC Update first. Sure. So the BC Update, um, starting off on a more somber note, uh, the passing of Father Monin. Um, on March 18th, he was the 24th president and first chancellor of Boston College. He was the president before William Leahy, who's the current president. Um, he passed away at age 92. So lived to be a um, very ripe old age. Um, was a spectacular Jesuit. And um, just a sad note, but um, also a lot of praise for what he did for BC. And, and there's been a lot of uh, support for Boston College since then. So just a note on the passing of Father Monin. Um, rest in peace. Yeah, absolutely. 92 yeah. years old. So uh, definitely sad, but uh, paying respects to uh, a great father and a great president uh, for Boston College. So uh, that's Father Monin. And one other topic in uh, the BC update to begin the show here is Boston College hockey. Uh, eliminated from uh, the postseason, eliminated, uh, did not make the postseason this, this year. Uh, they did make a run in the Hockey East tournament yeah, went they, to were, the final. There was some hope at the end of the season. They they basically had to win the Hockey they East because it's not it's an automatic bid if you win the Hockey East. It or, is. Or at if least, you win your conference. Yeah. yeah so, so it's they made it to the final, ended up losing um, kind of in to pretty, UMass Lowell. UMass Lowell. Yeah. And I think it was 3-2. to two. I think it was pretty devastating fashion. Yeah, uh, it was actually. I, I can't confirm it was 3-2. It was a one-goal game. I, I think it was 3-2. to two. Yeah. I'm not, not 100% sure. But uh, – uh, Ryan Fitzgerald for BC uh, on the power play, I believe, took a shot from the point and it was called a goal on the ice. Like it looked like it was a goal, uh, but it turned out to actually only hit the crossbar. Like it looked like it might have hit the back bar, and oh. the officials on the ice called it a goal at the time, and, pl- and players on the ice thought it was a goal, but the review showed it actually didn't go in the net. It hit the crossbar, uh, so the equalizer taken away. Uh, I mean, not unjustly, it, it wasn't a goal. Yeah. Um, and so BC does not uh, end up getting the tying goal to tie UMass Lowell. They lose it three to two. Uh, what I had read, I believe it was like Wisconsin or somebody in one of those uh, Midwestern conferences, um, 
had lost, you know, one of the top teams in the country, I think it was Wisconsin, uh, had lost in their conference tournament, um, meaning that a different team who was not really a top 15 team won the conference. And that is that was BC's undoing, essentially, uh, what forced them to need to win that Hockey East game. Because when you add in another automatic qualifier that yeah. was ranked below BC, that team leapfrogs BC automatically, yeah. unless BC can also be a conference winner. Yeah, and it definitely wasn't BC's year in, no, no. in yeah. hockey anyway. Yeah. It's just sad that he, uh, to be to have such a down year and still be that close, oh, be it, one yeah. one crossbar almost goal away from the NCAA hockey tournament. So yeah, it's it, it, a down year is not really a down year. They'll exactly. they'll bounce back. It's a good hockey program. Uh, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, not at all. And, and the other thing too, I mean, I mean, I think the bigger disappointment isn't isn't really on the season as a whole because, like you said, it was a down year. But you know, even just in the last two weeks or so, you, you got that sense of like BC starting to get hot, and like the and and everybody knows what this team can do and this program can do. So it definitely would have been really nice, even despite the the subpar season, to see them win that game against UMass Lowell and get into the tournament because you never know, you know, what happens from there, even even with a down year. Uh, they could have easily made a long run in the tournament because they beat some quality teams in the hockey's playoff to get there. Yeah. Um, so it would have been nice to see, but uh, either way, one down year uh, for the Eagles. We'll see how they bounce back next year. I'm sure yeah. they'll, sure they'll be fine. This was one of the, this was one of the years I didn't follow them very closely at all. I don't, I don't really know much about their roster. I know they've sent a few guys to the pros. Uh, Ryan Fitzgerald went right away after. Uh, the season ended. A few other guys, I believe, you know, it's pretty common for college teams when they get eliminated to join their their professional teams, whether in the minors or in the or in the NHL level, mm-hmm. um, to join them at the end of the season while they're still in the in the kick of the game and everything. So, um, there you go. BC eliminated. Uh, have to get them next year, which I believe the Frozen Four is in Boston next year. If I, I if I heard true, that yeah. correctly, let me um, I'll I don't double know. check that. I didn't see how long it's been since we've missed a tournament. In hockey, but it's it's most likely been more than five or six years at yeah, least. Yeah, I would think so, and maybe even more. So I, we should we should look that up at some point and maybe make a note of that. And so I believe it's in Minnesota next year. Oh, don't, even better! I don't know where I heard Boston, but um, it's in Minnesota, so we'll see. Okay, we'll see what happens. Let's, let me see if 2019 is readily available. 2019 doesn't say. So I don't know when it's coming to Boston. Right. It's, in, it's in Minnesota next year if, you, if anybody wants to go. So mm, I'm in. Well, we got to make it first. Yeah. So, uh, so that's that for the BC update. That's it. Brings us to period number two, which is pop culture. So I'll let you kick it off. Sure. Uh, first things first. Taco Bell news. Uh, we do have some Taco Bell news in the world uh, this week. It's the five-year anniversary of the Doritos Locos Taco. Can you believe it's been five years, Derek? I cannot. I no. can't either. It feels like just yesterday they revealed the Doritos Locos Tacos. Either way, beginning March 23rd and lasting for two weeks, Taco Bell will donate $0.10 cents out of each uh, a la carte Doritos Locos Taco purchased up to $500,000 to the Taco Bell Foundation uh, Live Moss Scholarship. So now not only do you get to enjoy a delicious hybrid Dorito taco, mm-hmm. you also get to support the dreams of young children and it's for a good cause so i say we should all go out and buy these doritos loco tacos in order to support the children i think that that's a great idea um now the only thing that i don't like is that i wish that it was a broader donation pool here like i wish it was broader menu item donation correlation 
You know, you wish you could because like you so, wish you could buy a Crunchwrap. I wish and, I could buy a Crunchwrap Supreme and still support the kids. Well, you can't. Yeah, right. I know, and that's what that's what stinks about that. Well, you got to. So, but see, I have to buy a Dorito. I mean, nothing wrong with Doritos Locos Tacos, but yeah, what there's if I, obviously nothing wrong with but them. But what if I what if I wanted to get something else? Then you get something else too. But what, then, what, I, but what, then I'm not helping the kids. You're still uh, helping the kids. You're always gonna buy a Dorito. You you don't go to Taco Bell and always. Buy oh, a Doritos you're saying Locos Taco. I, okay. Well, but I, what if I wanted like three Crunchwrap Supremes? Then you're a crazy person. What if I wanted two and like uh, uh, the the chalupa thing? What if I wanted that? Then you're still a crazy. You gotta buy a Doritos Loco. Taco. So you just have to every yes, time you go there. Of course. Uh, well, what else are you gonna buy? It's like going to it's like going to <laughs> Sauce downtown and ordering a sandwich, and that's it. I've I've seen people do it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you get the freaking taco. Okay. So that's that. So if you want to help children, <laughs> buy a taco. If you want to be an evil person buy three Crunchwrap Supremes <laughs> and don't even think about the kids. Well, do you think they would just let me donate to the kids? No. <laughs> Why would they? That's not what their business is. I'll say, can I, here, here's an extra dollar. Please yeah, and the give high, this The high it. schooler behind the counter is going to be like, Please uh, give this to the kids. I'll take that. Thank you very yeah. much. I'm a kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's the Taco Bell news. That's the Taco Bell news. Oh, oh. There we go. Had to, had to get there. Good job. Um, all right. So that brings us to the other half of pop culture, which is a brief movie review. A brief review. Uh, yeah. So we both watched Star Wars Rogue One. Yeah. Um, this is the – and I, I tried to get a brief overview of the timeline of Star Wars movies from a, a avid Star Wars fan, and it's it's very difficult to wrap your head around why they made them in, or, in the order they did and why they're restarting the series in the spots they're doing it. Right. So – that's to start. It's it's a very confusing. This is a standalone Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It is a Star Wars in between. I'm not sure what the the two movies are. I think it's. I really have no clue. Either do I have so. no clue. But it's it's in between. So the newest Star Wars that they're revamping is just continuing on. I think Star Wars seven, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever it is. So just, the Force Awakens that came out. Exactly. Yeah, that's just that's moving. That's forward. moving forward into the future. Right. Uh, with new Star Wars. With new line. Star Wars, and they're going to continue to do that. Right. This Rogue One plopped in the middle of the already existing but, timeline. But was like was a standalone plot I mean, like it, branch, right? Yeah, but it, it, it connected to yeah, the branches, Yeah, it had but connections, but... It wasn't absolutely necessary to right, the story. It right. just was a, a, a little puzzle piece that right. fit right in between. Right. So that being said, it's a great movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan to begin with. I, I enjoy it for what it is, but I, I didn't get too invested in the Star Wars universe or, or learn every planet and moon's name like a lot of people do. I just, yeah. this is too much stuff to remember. Mm-hmm. It's very, very expansive universe now, and I'm way too yeah. old to start <laughs> the Star Wars universe. Um, I, I would like to hear your thoughts on the movie. I, I loved it. I, I thought it was really good. I um, So I know that you have made a few comparisons to The Force Awakens, and I think I liked The Force Awakens slightly better than this movie, really? but but just slightly. I thought they were both real. I thought they were both very good. Um, I think that uh, this movie had a lot of good uh, humor mixed into it. I felt mm-hmm. um, in the right spots. Um, you know, I, I think that it was kind of it was kind of cool in that it was separated from Star Wars. You know, like I did kind of like that. That this was like kind of new. Like this is not like Star Wars that we've most been watching. Of, most of the characters were brand yeah, new. Yeah, exactly. The storyline was, although it 
kind of touched on a few older pieces. Yeah. It was brand new. So right, yeah. and, and and so along that front, I liked the characters. There weren't. I didn't feel like there were as many. There weren't as many uh, non-human characters that you like attach to. There's really just one, and he's great. Uh, and he's great. He's he's awesome. But but it's it feels like there's more of like an entourage of those in the other Star Wars he, in the more gen- typical Star Wars movies. Yeah, and my only complaint about this movie, well, my only major complaint is that it it tied everything up very nicely. Yeah, like this is definitely just a this is just a money getter. Yeah. Like when you, when you take a step back and look at why this movie existed, it didn't have to exist at all. Yeah. This is because it didn't add anything to the story. Exactly. Really. This yeah. is because and it can't. It physically right. can't. Yeah. Because it ties everything up in a nice little bow. Yeah. Uh, so when you take a step back, it's it's Disney has just acquired the Star Wars franchise a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. Now they're just pumping out Star Wars movies because mm-hmm. they can right. and, and they're great. They're they're it's a great universe. Mm-hmm. I think George Lucas is on board. Uh, it's it's a good thing for Star Wars fans. It's just kind of going to come down to, all right, where are we going to fit another movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are we just going to keep going? Are we going to start squeezing prologues in there? Mm-hmm. Just where do the movies fit in? Yeah, so, and, and that might be a little bit of why, I guess, maybe maybe subconsciously even, I kind of tend to like The Force Awakens a little bit more. And it's maybe it's just because it's it's at least building something forward looking that's going to continue to be the story yeah. you know whereas this one like you said is kind of it's really just in there in a past point in the story that's just dropped in as like a, hey here's a puzzle we puzzle piece we can fill in yeah. and make a lot of money in the box office and there's nothing wrong with that i mean that's that's yeah. why every, that's why every movie gets made and it's a great like, movie like it, it, yeah. the it was well acted you're right it had some funny parts the action was great yeah, the and the reason i liked it better than the star wars awakens movie was because this one was much more of just an action movie in the Star Wars universe, yeah. Rather than a continuation of the storyline and all these people and like things that a real Star Wars fan would care about, yeah. I don't care about as much. So I'm more interested in how cool the lasers yeah, are and how right. cool the ships are and and how unique the characters are and things like that. So for that reason, I liked it a bit better. Uh, I think I'm I'm ready to rate it. All right. Yeah, but I want to hear you rate it first. Okay, fine. I'll rate it first. I'm going to give it. And eighty-one. Oh, okay. Derek Dragon Fruits. I'm gonna give it not. That's not Pataya that's, Colada. That's not Pataya Colada. But it's pretty be- close. Better not be. No, 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 no. Like eighty upper eighties is Pataya Colada. Okay. I'm gonna give it an eighty-five. Steve Nicholas avocados, and I'm gonna certify it. Wow, wow. certified yeah. guac. I'm gonna certify nice. it because it's a movie that I would recommend watching because it's it's fun, it's cool, it's unique. Uh, couldn't can't hurt. Yeah, definitely not a bad movie. Oh, definitely not. No, certified. No way. All right. Guacked up. So Rogue One is certified at guac at eighty five. Steve Nicholas uh, avocados and eighty one. Derek Dragonfruit's not quite <laughs> not quite patai colada. Oh but, bummer. Um. So that's that for period number two and brings us into period number three. So we uh went through the first two periods relatively quickly, but the bulk of our content I think is. In period three here, because yeah. we've missed two weeks and because there's a lot going on in sports, so. I've got some strong opinions on some of the stuff. Oh, all right, let's some of the stuff you wouldn't it. expect. All right, I have zero strong opinions about the final four. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, so uh, but I'll talk about it. All right, let's talk about it. All then. right, so, you start talking. The about final it. four, um, March Madness has been going on, and, and I guess uh, from that standpoint, our week off was somewhat poorly timed because it was right in the middle of March Madness. But I, I think people, not the, ca- I mean, people kind of get overloaded. They don't need to hear though. us talk yeah, about it. Yeah, they don't need yeah. to hear us talk about. The sweet sixteen or the I mean, elite eight. You're definitely right. If yeah. there if there's a sporting event 
or set of sporting events that people get overload on. It's definitely, definitely March Madness. Yes. Like the, the the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, NFL playoffs, all that stuff people are infatuated with as well. But it's not overload. Like the NFL playoffs, it's like you know Saturday, Sunday that weekend. You're you got football all day, but that's it. Like it's yeah. You're overloaded with March Madness. There's like 16 games on at a time. And you you're got like four brackets. Yeah, and, and so yes, that overload's a good word. Um, so anyway, we're not going to go through all the stuff that happened in the tournament. We can go through some of the major things that happened. One thing I want to talk about before we get to the final four, um, the ACC, just terrible this poop, season, just poop, horrendous. Poop the bed. Um, which is like, you know, you can, you can write it off as just being a bad tournament, but that's not what the rest of the country is doing. Unfortunately for the ACC. Um, this is one of those red flag moments where a lot of people are starting to have, are now going to have a critical eye next year on the ACC of, is this really a good basketball conference or are they fraudulent? You know, mm-hmm. th- this is the way that we talk about the SEC in football. We, we would right be now. having a field day if the SEC did this in football. Yes. And that's what the rest of the country is doing to the ACC in basketball this year. So, um, not, I mean, there's not much more to talk about at this point because all the teams lost, but so, they did not look good at all. Here's the question. Is that a good thing or a bad thing for Boston College? <laughs> Great question. Um, I had somebody say to me, like, wow, BC's even worse than we thought because the ACC is <laughs> actually not even good. Yeah. Well, in that respect, um, it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. But but it, uh, does it open the door maybe for BC to move up a little bit? I don't know. Move I mean, up. Maybe some kids stop going to d- the top ACC of, schools. Yeah. They, I don't think it's. I don't think it helps BC. Good, no. No one's going to BC if they're not. If any kid decided he's not going to Louisville because of that terrible performance, or or if they saw UVA knock it off the uh, knock it off the bus against Florida, yeah, they're not going to be like oh, I'm going to BC instead. Like that's not happening, unfortunately, at this stage. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's but tough. maybe it's, they get less. They might get they less. They get less yeah, studs. But then that makes just the conference worse. I don't know. But that makes us better. All we have to do it is does make us better in the conference. Yeah. Oh yeah, certainly. It we gives just, us a better shot to compete in the ACC. So I guess if you want to look at it that way, it could be a positive, but the, but it's at the detriment of the ACC, you know. So got to break gotta start somewhere. Got to break gotta some eggs yeah. to make an omelet. That's true. So um, it's tough for me to spin that as a positive for and BC, but uh, Duke's a ton of eggs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the final four is South Carolina, number seven seed against Gonzaga, and number three seed Oregon against North Carolina. So. Um, I think we both had – so, actually, let's transition gonna, real quickly to the indwelling uh, bracket. Okay, sure. So, we both had Kansas to win in the indwelling bracket. So, both of us uh, are essentially out of that, I idiots. believe. We're both idiots. Uh, let me just verify most possible points. Uh, yeah, we're not – we can't win. So, um, so pretty much our current standings, and we won't get much higher. Not bad. I will say, not yeah. bad. Uh, I am 15th, and Steve is 25th. And there are 77 people in in this yeah, uh, pool, so, so not too bad at all. For sure, top uh, half. Easy. First place is Mike Daly right now, uh, with uh, 87 points, but his best possible is 151, which is still very high. Wow! I'm actually going to take a peek at his bracket and see. Uh, so he had three of the final four. Um, he had Gonzaga, North Carolina, and Oregon, and he has Gonzaga over North Carolina. So uh, the indwelling bracket. Uh, in fact, yeah, he's definitely by far looks like he should win. But there's a few other people that have high potential scores. Um, so Kansas uh, craps the bed in their Elite Eight game. But I, I say that with a grain of salt because Oregon looked really good. Um, I think Oregon looked very good. And South Carolina is a Cinderella, obviously, yeah. getting all the way to the Final Four. So yeah. I'll let you pick back up. I was going to say, so I've, I'm t- I told you the quarter story. Yeah. The story about my quarter. Um, I, 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 when I pick – 
teams to win in March Madness. There's no rhyme or reason to it. I, I, I usually just pick the least amount of upsets. But this time, recently I found about three weeks ago, I think it was maybe the uh, round of 32, um, and I found a quarter in a really weird circumstance. I can't remember exactly what it was. But it was a brand spanking new quarter. Like I, I, I needed a quarter for some reason. I think I was doing laundry and like I was fiddling around and something hit my shoe and I. It was a brand spanking new <laughs> South Carolina quarter and they were gonna play that day. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna put some money on South Carolina and keep this quarter. That was three weeks ago, <laughs> and I didn't put any money on them. Yeah. Didn't put any money on them. Now they're probably what five to one odds or ten to one uh, odds. They're probably yeah. I'm not sure to win it all. I would say. Maybe ten to one. Yeah, I totally a, blew it. They're probably fifty to one back yeah. when I. Oh, that if not more, probably more than fifty to one. Yeah. To be honest, um, that's seven, my South seven Carolina seed, story. Seven, I don't know what the I don't remember what the lowest seed to win is, but seven is pretty low. Yeah. Uh, to be able well, to the win, lowest so. seed to ever win was eight. Eight. Yeah, that's and right. It was was a, that I think it was a Villa, I think it was a Villanova, Villanova, but it was a. It's it's still a, a top basketball school having an off year. Yeah. One right. as an eight. Right. Yeah. Um. So. So they're, they're South Carolina versus Gonzaga, and then Oregon so, versus North Carolina. So uh, We're going to pick. Sure. So yeah. I've got Gonzaga in one of my brackets. That's good. But all my brackets are trash. <laughs> so I'm going to root and pick South Carolina to win it all. I and will I, root for them, too. And I'm also going to pick North Carolina to win. So it's a South, South Carolina-North Carolina, Carolina final. That would be cool. That Battle be, of the Carolinas. I think that, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. I think. <laughs> um, well... The opposite. I, I want that to happen too. Yeah, I, don't um, think it, I don't think it will. But for the sake of this, and also because I thought Oregon looked really good, I'm going to pick Oregon to win, and I'm going to pick Gonzaga to win. Oregon, so I'm going to do Oregon, All Gonzaga, right. and I'm going to pick Oregon to win in an upset. Wow. Yeah, Oregon's going to finally win a national championship of some sort. Wow. I feel like they're there all the time yeah, in, in the contention true. in football and basketball, and they never win it. But their uniforms are so disgusting. I like their uniforms. The so. neon? I, I, no, not the neon. Oh, no, is that's that Baylor? Baylor. That's, that's Baylor. Baylor. That's Baylor. You're right, you're right. Oregon made the switch back to their lighter green color, like their kind of throwback-y. Okay. It seems like they go with that more often, but they don't do neon. Or Oregon hasn't been doing neon. The Baylor um, neons are disgusting. Baylor, we've talked, Baylor is disgusting. Like, like <laughs> ba- Baylor's, Baylor had great uniform color scheme and swag when RG3 was there. Yeah. They had the forest green and yeah. the gold and it's a great color scheme and they were different than Oregon but not that different and they were still really cool. It was like you got Oregon and now look at Baylor's really cool too. Yeah. And now it's Baylor has just tried to copy everything that Oregon has done and they for some reason have clung to this neon which is like oh, And it's like bright. At least Oregon's main logo is kind of neon yellow. Like Oregon's the O has always yeah. been like a neon-ish yellow. Like yeah. it's a bright yellow. Baylor was forest green and gold, and like they've clung to this neon. It's it's uh, now they're it's radioactive yellow. Yeah, like glow in the dark yellow. Yeah, oh. is, yeah. Okay, well, we don't need to talk about Baylor. Um, <laughs> that's that's so, not for Baylor. Uh, so yeah. I'm going to take Oregon over Gonzaga, and you're going to take South Carolina over South North Carolina? Carolina over North Carolina. All right, cool. So that's that for March Madness. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to add? No, I mean I, I, March Madness is always a ton of fun until your bracket stinks and your team loses. <laughs> And now we're now we're at a pretty decent matchup, yeah. but we'll see how it pans out. I hope it turns out not yeah. to be one v one in the final, yeah. which it certainly could. It could be, so. yeah. The great thing about March Madness, the last thought I'll say here, um, what you just mentioned, it's always a lot of fun until your bracket stinks, but then it's then it's just a non-factor. Like it's not like it's then a pain in the ass after my bracket stinks. It's like it doesn't bother me 
in the least bit that it's still going on. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like there's some things that are like, oh, I don't want to see this anymore. Like this, I've had enough of this. You know, so I feel like there's some things in sports that end up being like that. Not March Madness. You know, it's just whatever. Okay, sure. I'll Bas- watch. Oh, I'll bas- watch this game. My bracket stinks, but like this is wow. Look at this. Basketball look at this is a, basketball is a very good background sport. Yeah. So as we can attest to, because yeah. we're watching the Cavs Spurs right now. <laughs> Um, yeah. So it's. I agree. It's just. Yeah. I mean, like good that, game. If there's a good game on, sure. Yeah. Like that UNC Kentucky ending was like yeah. amazing. Uh, my bracket was done. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I don't care. Wow, this is nuts. Look that at that. Was amazing. That was the yeah. best game by far. Yeah. Well, in the turn. I there think. was also the. Um, I don't think the Florida buzzer. The Florida beater, buzzer. That beater. was just a, a more lucky buzzer. Bu- yeah. Oh buzzer yeah. Beater. Yeah. The buzzer beater itself. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But the. Um, yeah. North Carolina Kentucky game mm-hmm. or the um what was it Yeah. UNC North, Kentucky. UNC Kentucky game that final. One minute and fifteen second yeah. split. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, it was great. It was great. So that's that for the March Madness tournament and the Final Four, and brings us to a quick NFL topic: the Las Vegas Raiders. Viva Las Vegas! <laughs> so, is this one of the things you said you have strong opinion yes. on? Okay, I am on board. <laughs> I am on board for a football team in Vegas. I'm the only thing I'm confused about is how the game. So. Football's always had a very strong no gambling yes. policy. Yes. It, probably the most of all the sports. I mean, they all kind of say they. They're, yeah, uh, they're except opposed. for except for the NBA. Adam Silver has said that he's pro. That's gambling. true. That's true. But yeah. um, but football's always taken a very strong stance. Yeah. Against right. legalized gambling, and now they've got a team in the Vegas. heart of legalized gambling world. Right. So that's I think it's a step in the direction of. Sports gambling, which is so which is why I like it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm a degenerate gambler, <laughs> um, but I, I, it always sucks. Three that's three teams in the past year, so I, I don't like that too much about the NFL. I, three teams, I think, is too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chargers to L.A., Rams to L.A., and it doesn't set a good precedent for yeah, fan bases. Exactly. So, and it makes a mid market team like the Tampa Bay Bucks, or you look at other sports like the Rays, or, or like. Team, yeah. cities, Boston will never go away. But Tampa, yeah, but Tampa. But I, a, I'm yeah. a fan who yeah. has to worry about that kind of thing. Like seeing how many are moving and mm-hmm. seeing how easy it is to get approved by the leagues and the owners. Mm-hmm. It's scary as a mid-market yeah. fan because you know yeah. the Rays will be in Montreal in three years if the streak continues yeah, or if we, don't right. win a, if we don't win a championship. So right. that I don't love, but the fact that the NFL now has – a franchise in Las Vegas, I think is great. Yeah. It's the perfect, like people are, the first time that I, whenever it happened, the, the Twitter exploded with um, the uh, Bucks tweets I follow. Yeah. It was like, wins the first game in Vegas. It's 2020. <laughs> and everyone's like, we're going, can't yeah, wait. Yeah. I can't wait to go to Vegas yeah. to watch a football game. Yeah. Like imagine if, if that was yeah. our excuse to go to Vegas. That would be great. Bet a ton of That'd money on it. Yeah. And then go to it. Yeah. Oh, it'd be amazing. Uh, to be honest, actually, I don't, to be honest, I actually wouldn't bet a ton of money on the game I was going to. I think really? I think I, well, I mean because like you'd make a trip out of it to Vegas, and I would be I, I would bet on. I, 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 you'd I have like to bet the, some money on it. You would bet some money on it, but I feel like the betting landscape won't be that different um, with the team there because I, it's always been and still will be the place to bet. But I think it just makes it that much better of a dynamic that now there's a place people can go watch the games that they the, the game yeah. that they bet on. Uh, there's also the the Vegas NHL team will be starting there next year as well. Yeah. So there's. The there's, Golden there's Knights. Two, the Golden Knights, which yeah, that that, that one was. A <laughs> That's mistake, another but, conversation. Um, They're going to so, lose Golden within three years. I yeah, and, and so we could actually we can talk about that as that gets closer because the NHL expansion draft is also a very interesting 
uh, thing. So oh, yeah. um, there's a lot of interesting rules around it, and the Vegas team won't be that bad, to be honest, um, the way that the expansion draft rules go. But anyway, so um, the I, I heard an interesting thing on the radio, a discussion uh, that was before this Raiders news broke. So it's really more focused on – it's not focused on football because this doesn't really apply to football, but it's focused on – the NHL team and any other teams, if an NBA team were to go there or a baseball team were to go there. And it's an interesting thought that I hadn't really considered. And I'm curious what you think. Um, the The theory was that teams in Vegas are going to have the biggest home field or court advantage in sports because of the novelty of going to Vegas, that, that the distraction and the, uh, and the vibe of being in Vegas as a visiting player uh, will be enough of a distraction to visiting teams that it will be a huge home field or home court advantage. What do you think about that? I I'm going to disagree with that. I think fans will will root for. I, I think not for that reason. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a big home field advantage because people will want to bet on the yeah. team they're watching. They so went the crowd, there. Yes, the crowd will be full. All I the think time. the crowd yeah. will be full all the time, right. and I think people visiting just to see the stadium and visiting Vegas, yeah. catching a game. We'll be rooting for the. the That's all they're not going to. I was going to say that because you could increase the contingent of visiting fans coming, which would be a bad home court advantage. Yeah, but but uh, but yeah, neutral fans if they're going to. I think unless yeah. unless it's the stadium's got bells and whistles and yeah. slot machines, then I think <laughs> they'll be fine. Yeah, uh, we'll have to wait and see though. It's, I mean, it's a yeah. First. So, so like my my first thought was that's kind of silly, but 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 I did think about it, and it's like you know. I'm thinking about the NHL. I'm thinking about some of these kids. Like I'm, th- I'm picturing Patrick Kane as like a 21 year old. Oh, right, you mean right? you mean it's going to be an off field distraction? Yes. Oh, yes. So I'm picturing I, like the Blackhawks get in. They said home field advantage. Well, well, same thing. So, so, so home. I field, think it'll be so a home field disadvantage for the, for the. No, 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 no. So okay. Oh. So I'm saying I'm saying like okay. So the Vegas Knights right are playing. And the Blackhawks go into town, and and then when Patrick Kane's twenty one years old and just gotcha. got his first six million dollar contract, so it'll and be they a... fly in on Thursday night, and it's like, all right, guys, go to the hotel. We have a game tomorrow. Is Patrick Kane going out in Vegas? Gotcha. Instead? That makes more sense. You know, yes, I do think that'll yeah. happen. I think it'll happen for anybody. Yeah, I, it, I, I mean, obviously the Vegas Knights will. Well, right. Adjust. The, to the it. idea is the home team would be able to adjust that they are going to be more responsible no, to go to the to go out in Vegas on times that are not going to impact them, whereas but, visiting teams are like, we got one night in Vegas. Here's what I'll say. Vegas is not a place you adjust. <laughs> <laughs> it's a place that punches you in the gut and you roll with the punches. <laughs> well, yeah, but they're going to be living there now. I mean, they're yeah, going to be... But, I mean, they're gonna, if, if they're, they're going to go out and gamble and yeah. drink and play slot machines, <laughs> they're going to they're gonna do it. Vegas is not a place yeah. where you could say, you know what, I'm not going to go out in Vegas tonight. <laughs> it's just not going to do that. Like, if you're going to do it, you're the type of person who's going to do it, you're going to do it. Yeah, but, it's, it's the pinnacle of. Have you been to Vegas? No, I haven't. I haven't oh, it's, but, it's what I'm saying is true. You can't. Yeah. If you're in Vegas and you're you're within a mile of the strip, yeah, and you have any inkling of going, you're going, <laughs> and you, and you're gonna get into trouble. Yeah, it's just it's built so that it traps you and, right. and you make bad decisions. Well, yeah, so uh, I'm operating on the assumption that the teams that that are that the Vegas Golden Knights and the Vegas Raiders are going to have their players set up in a way that it will minimize it as a distraction. So that's like the assumption here. That's The I'm question going, is whether the visiting teams fall into what you're gotcha. saying here. I'm going to take the stance that the your assumption is wrong. <laughs> I'm going to take the stance so that anybody so, in Vegas so no who, who is looking right. for trouble will find it. Right. 
and, and it's it's and it's the same with the visiting yeah, team. Right. So yeah, at any that, yeah, at any point, right, you don't get right. burnt out of Vegas unless you lose all your money. And these guys have <laughs> won't so much lose their money. Yeah. Won't lose all their money. Yeah. So right. So it's an interesting. That's an interesting concept. Yeah. I didn't and, think and, of and that. And it's really. I, it was geared. Like I said, it was not geared towards NFL because it won't matter in NFL. Like you're gonna go there. How NFL is a very set schedule. It's like we know when we're going. Yeah. Like we know the game's on Sunday. It's always on Sunday. Maybe it's on Monday. Maybe it's on Thursday. But it's pretty much always on Sunday. The, 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 it was really more geared towards like NHL slash NBA type of schedule where it's yeah. like you, this team's flying into Vegas. They have a game on Friday. They just flew out after a Wednesday game. Like they have, they basically have 24 hours till they play. Like our visiting player is going to go out in Vegas as opposed to when they go to Minnesota, like they're going <laughs> to sit in the hotel, you know? Yes. Like so, so that, sure. that's really, that's the interesting thing is, and, and it can be a home court, home field advantage if your team can, can learn, can learn to control themselves the day before the game, basically. Yeah. So um, that's we'll see. It, it's an interesting dynamic. That is, so, and I'm sure it'll come up. So yeah. um, that's something yeah. to look forward to. Yeah. So uh, there's that, the Vegas Raiders. Uh, next, we go to the NHL where the curse, the curse. has been reversed or broken. At the least. curse is broken and yeah. reversed for the time Ho- being. Hopefully reversed um, for you. So those of you listening to the podcast know that I have, ex- have had extremely bad luck watching my teams, all of my sports teams, play sports in Boston versus Boston teams. So in my seven, eight-year Boston life, I have seen up to up to a few nights ago, I had seen 13 sporting events um, spread between football, baseball, hockey, and basketball. So the Tempe Rays, Tempe Lightning, Tampa Bay Bucks, and Orlando Magic are my four Florida teams. I was 0-13. I had never seen a win. And it was it was comical after like 0-8. <laughs> then it was like sad after like zero and eleven, and then, then just weird. Then the then zero and thirteen was forty point weird. loss. At the, yeah, then <laughs> the last one was forty points against the Celtics. I mean, and this is most of the time. I would say sixty percent of the time, the Boston team was better, right. and they should have won. Yeah, but there's definitely been times there, when the yeah. Lightning were better. Yeah. When the Celtics were bad, and so were the yeah. Magic. Yeah, I mean, even if even if you were the underdog Baseball. all thirteen times, I would say that's still weird. Yeah. Like, I would say if the, I would say if it was thirteen Pats Bucks games, like as good as the Pats are, that's still weird. Like, yeah. like thirteen in a row. Yeah. So and, and at least half of them, or around half of them, like you said. You know yeah. the Tampa Bay team and the, was better. The majority of them were baseball and basketball, the yeah. two best shots. Yeah. So yeah. So <laughs> after going zero and thirteen, I go to the Lightning Bruins game. On Thursday. Thursday, the Lightning pulled it out. A 6-3 victory over the Bruins. Mm-hmm. My first win in Boston watching my sports team. It was amazing. I kind of had no idea what to do. <laughs> I didn't know whether to celebrate or kind of just be quiet and walk slowly to the exit <laughs> and just be happy that it's over. So, new streak starts today. Yeah. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. And we're going We're going to try to go. try to go to that Lightning game. Lightning. Because yeah. now, if, now if it's a new streak, yeah. I got to go. Yeah. It's actually they need to win. We, we were talking earlier about whether because uh, the Celtics play the Magic on Friday, and um, so we, I've mentioned before I have season tickets for the Celtics, but I don't have the game on Friday. That my one of my friends has yeah. that who split with me, and uh, we were talking about whether we want to go or not. And I actually now I'm realizing that you probably shouldn't put that streak to the test with the Magic. <laughs> no. you, should, you should do it with the Lightning. Yeah. Um, the week after, I need to gain some momentum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so I think that that's reaffirming a little yeah. bit. Um, um, so speaking of hockey, the reason we want to go um, to the Lightning-Boston game more so is because it's a very tight oh, race. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I'll let you go run through the numbers, uh, but right now the Lightning, I think we're losing to the Blackhawks, and the yes. Islanders were losing to the Island, um, the Nashville Predators, which is good for both of right, us. Right, right. So I'll give you the rundown here. So the um, the current race, uh, right now there's four teams that are really fighting for two spots. Um, Toronto right now is in third place in the Atlantic Division. They have 85 points, uh, and they've played 74 games. So... The uh, Maple Leafs are in the third spot in the Atlantic, which means that they stay in the Atlantic bracket for the playoffs if they can hold that. So that third spot, if you want to think of it in the in the traditional um, in the traditional uh, playoff format of one through eight, which it isn't anymore in the NHL, but if it were one through eight seeding, think of that as the seventh seed. Okay, so that's the seventh spot that's given out in the playoffs here is the number three seed in the Atlantic. Toronto has that. Uh, the Bruins right now are the for, are the other wild card team with eighty four points, uh, and then trailing them, the Islanders are two points back of the Bruins, and the Lightning are three points back of the Bruins. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of those four teams I just said, they all have one game in hand on the Bruins, meaning the Bruins have played seventy five games. The other three teams have played seventy four. Um, two of them, though, are in action tonight, as you mentioned. The Islanders are losing two to one to the Predators, which is good for both of us uh, at the end of the second period. However, the Lightning are still losing to the Blackhawks 4-2. to 4-2. to Okay. Uh, Both teams are scoring. About halfway through the game, yes. Uh, it was 4-1, to one, and the Lightning scored recently since we started talking about hockey. So, they should um, continue talking about hockey. So 4-2 so, um, so to, uh, to two, uh, Chicago. So anyway, long story short, uh, all the games are critical down the stretch here. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, you know, the Bruins... Lightning game could very well be for a, a, a deciding game almost in, in who can make that playoff spot. You know, ideally for the two of us, maybe Toronto falls off and both of these teams can make the playoffs. But yeah. right now it's it's, our uh, game's, it's treacherous our, for, for Our game teams. that we're going to is actually going to be huge. It'll be enormous. Yeah. Um, and so this brings me to just – it just made me think of it when we were talking about it, and I want to get your opinion on it um, because I saw it and I I happen to agree with the opinion. Um you were talking about how many points you mentioned that it was a great thing that in that Bruins Islanders game over the weekend, that they didn't go to overtime because uh, only two points get yeah. given out when it's regulation. Do you think that's really dumb that some NHL games are worth three points and some are worth two? Because, uh, because when you, when you think about it that way, it seems really dumb to me. I think it's dumb, but I've, I, I also really like that hockey has the point system up until the playoffs. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and I don't know how you change it. I guess you just, well, so here, I, I there's a really, I have a very simple way I would change it. All right, change it, and, and it should it should make teams go for it more. Like teams get very very conservative when they're close to getting that locked up point. It's like third period tie game, two minutes left. You do not want to lose that point. At least get the point, then you can go to overtime and try to get the second point. Yeah. Every NHL game should be worth three points. If you get a win, it's three points. But if you go to overtime, it's going to be two points and one point. Mm. So, so going to overtime, you've lost a point. If you couldn't get, if you couldn't secure the win in regulation, you lost a point. And that, to me, makes a lot more sense because that uh, heavily, heavily weights wins, which it, it I, which, does, which, which I think which, is good. Which they try to do anyway because the wins is the first tiebreaker. The the ROW, the regulation, well, not technically, I guess it counts overtime wins, but non shootout. And actually, we can take it a step further. I'm willing to say that an overtime loss is zero points. A shootout loss, I don't think. A shootout loss, I think you then split it two to one. But I would even say an overtime, a regular overtime loss, should be zero points. So three so, points to zero points. Three points to zero points, and if you go to shootout, it can be two to one. The details I'm not sure about. What I do, what I do think is that 
it it seriously dilutes the the point totals in the league when you're or I guess not dilutes it inflates the point totals in the league when some games are arb- a bunch of games are arbitrarily worth more points. I, I mean, if you think about it, three points are given out in a yeah. game that goes it, to overtime. It rewards. I mean, I guess it it. It rewards teams for being in more overtime losses yeah. than for lose. Like it does, it does. Which there, is which is a little strange. It is strange. Like in in if you look at, I saw some I saw some breakdown of like what the standings would be for each, and they were relatively the same. But there were some of these. Like I think it was the Islanders. Maybe the Islanders were wouldn't even be close. Like if if they didn't were if they weren't getting points for their overtime losses, yeah. for instance. And then you have teams that you know win a lot of overtime games. And they're getting the same number of points as teams that are winning games in regulation handily. Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know. It's it's just interesting. I, I think it's just the fundamental part of it. Is that, that a, is that a new thing? The not point really. System? Not no no. The point system's not new at all. Um, the overtime point has been in existence for probably ten or fifteen years now. I think. You ever since ties ever since they got rid of ties, which I think. I think they had ties before the lockout. I'm I'm um, fine not having ties. Yeah, I, me too. I, I don't watch enough hockey full season to see how numbers play out. Yeah, but I can see if I can foresee, and I think I've almost seen it in the past, where teams, where both teams need a point to advance. Yeah, and they they they're both and, happy, and they both basically like wink yeah. and nod and just play for overtime, that's, and then and then that's play. exactly what happens. Like an entire then, an entire game because you the, can play for overtime. Right, right. Because and the reason, like I said. So unless and, and this especially happens when you're playing cross conference, right? We're playing cross conference. I'm the Bruins. You're the uh, Dallas Stars or someone in the West. Neither of us care that the other is going to get a point out of this game. Yeah. Like Dallas getting a point has no impact on the Bruins at all whatsoever. Da- uh, Bruins getting a point has no impact on Dallas whatsoever. Yeah. So why would either team risk getting a point to try to go for the two points when they're going to have the chance to go for the two points in overtime after securing one. Yeah, I, I, mean, you know? I, I get it. It's I, like, I, yeah. I would need to see more like statistics. In, yeah. Because uh, there's yeah. obviously a reason well, for both. Yeah. And so just one thing I remember seeing last year, in fact, I, it might even be the last two seasons. I'm not sure. but the Bru- So the Bruins have missed the playoffs two years in a row. And each year, oh, and the Lightning are within one now. Um, each year, the uh, Bruins have missed the playoffs the last two. They had the most points that a non-playoff team has ever had. So, so the 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 bar of missing the playoffs, yeah. the point total is going up and up. Mm-hmm. So what that tells me is that more points are being given out, you yeah. know. And so I think that's not a coincidence. I think that teams have started a late game strategy of being conservative to get the points, you know, to to get more points. So for me, the easy solution is to, however it gets divided up, every NHL game should be worth the same number of points. I think it's the way it is in soccer. I think you get three points for a win and one for a tie or something mm. like that. Um, either way, that uh, I mean, that, that was an, just a little aside. Yeah. But. I mean, it's it's good it's good to talk about. Well, yeah. I haven't heard anything yeah. been proposed. Oh, nothing's or, been proposed, but people just randomly kind of throw it around. Yeah. Hmm. But uh, So either way, yeah. So I'd be curious to see, actually, we can I can do a little research, see how each of our teams would be faring if that was – the yeah. the points uh, system. especially in a, in a such a tight race yeah I mean obviously you can de- depends on your perspective yeah like exactly if, if Lightning have yeah. a lot less a lot of overtime wins than someone else yeah exactly maybe right. I'm fine with the points <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. um so there's that uh that's the NHL so we'll keep that uh monitored and next week we'll be just as uh invested in that because this race looks to be tight the rest of the way so mm-hmm. uh all right moving to our second to last topic we have one 
uh, smaller topic at the end, but we have the M- NBA playoff race, uh, right, so and there's two things I want to talk about. Here's what I want to talk about. Sound like you have a strong opinion. I have a strong opinion, but I want to be prepared okay. for this argument <laughs> because Derek has some weird anti-Russell Westbrook theory <laughs> that his team is worse with Russell on no, it that... <laughs> than... Okay. No, that... <laughs> so, either way... We'll 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 talk about this. I think <laughs> Russell Westbrook should be the MVP. And I, Derek yeah. thinks that James Harden I, should be the MVP. Idiots think Kawhi Leonard should be the MVP. So so, so yeah. So I listed four players here. It's a two man race. I, I yeah. I'm not crazy enough to argue against that. Um, yeah. LeBron and Kawhi Leonard are the two other players that are in this conversation, but I don't think they're really a part of the conversation. No. It's, it's and and they're not. So they're not. so they, we they, can scrap they, them. Kawhi was uh, about a month ago when, I mean, they were both still, James Harden and Russell Westbrook were still on unbelievable paces, mm-hmm. but you could make the argument that Kawhi picked up some points and yeah. kept playing great defense, whatever. I mean, yeah. But no, the, the James Harden and Russell Westbrook, or, um, they have not slowed down. Yeah, and, and Kawhi, so first of all, Kawhi will be a first-team all-defender again, and like, you know... Kawhi doesn't give two craps about being the MVP, I don't think. And, no. and, 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 and no one on the Spurs does. And, and the MVP is like sometimes we can fall into this trap of like being overly righteous about the MVP, uh, like, like that the MVP has to be this, yeah. you know, like whatever. Kawhi, Kawhi could be the best player in the league. I don't know. What like, is like, val- his, like what his is defense valuable? Is, his, yeah. He's an incredible defender, and like I don't know the best way to measure it. Like he's an amazing defender. He's an amazing offensive player. He might be the best player in the All league. Right, get, I don't know. We're done with him. But Westbrook Harden. I so I'm taking Harden as the MVP, and it is not to the extent that Steve made it sound. Uh, this is neck and neck. Uh, if Westbrook picks up a little bit bigger of a statistical advantage on Harden over the last two weeks of the season, then I might end up flipping to Westbrook. It's that close. Um, but I don't. What my stance on this is that I don't want to be. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to be tricked by overly by persuaded the, by the triple double label. By the term triple double. By the triple double label. Because when why, I look why, at why does it have a label though? It has a label because he's got ten rebounds a game instead of nine point nine. That that's why it has a label. Yeah. And so and so. But because it's extremely difficult. It's to do. extremely difficult to do. So uh, Westbrook triple double. Last guy to average a triple double was Oscar Robertson. Uh, James Harden twenty nine eight and eleven. The last guy to average that, Oscar Robertson. So, <laughs> so whose stats so, are better? So Westbrook's stats are a little bit better. Um, I, so again, th- there's a few other things. I don't want to just sit here and drop stats. Yeah. Um, well, well, let's prepare. So because they're okay. not going to vote by next week. They, yeah, we can prepare. There's one other thing that I want to mention that I saw, um, and, and we'll have we'll we'll be preparing as things go because their numbers are going to change here. Um, one other note is that I saw the stat the other day, Westbrook. Uh, is obviously carrying a massive load for the Thunder. The Thunder right now, 17th ranked offense in the NBA. Hmm. The Rockets are the number two ranked offense in what the is, NBA. What does that entail? Well, Harden is carrying an enormous load for the second ranked offense in the league, and Westbrook is carrying the same size load. Well, what does that measure? Just points per game? For uh, offensive rating. So points per okay. possessions, essentially. Okay. So, um, so. But does his lack of defense mean anything well no not in the westbrook harden comparison if this was harden uh Kawhi comparison if Kawhi had close to westbrook so numbers you can't then wise well I, well westbrook's defense is not significantly better than harden's uh, I, th- I think westbrook's defense is marginally better than harden's 
Um, and so I don't think that defense is a factor for either of these players in, okay. their, in their MVP candidacy. I okay. So. I understand your argument. I'm going to rip it to shreds next week, and, <laughs> and that's what we should. All right. That's what we should do because right. it's it's very easy to say, from my point of view, Russell Westbrook is the MVP, and there's a lot of facts to back me up, and I believe I'm in the majority. So I think there'll be more facts yeah. to support my side. We but that's what makes for good radio is when idiots like you <laughs> take really dumb stands that James Harden is the MVP yep. over Russell Westbrook. Yep. I know. You're going down. I can't believe that the Thunder are just like not the best team in the league when they have like the, MV- the unanimous MVP. It, he's it. not the most valuable player on the best team. He's the most valuable player. I know. But it's like when you have the most valuable player, you would think you'd be better than six in the conference. It's amazing. Well, you'd think – James Harden would get a big break because his, the rest of his teammates are so good. So he's are not they? he's not even are that they? valuable. I'm not sure if they are or not. Oh yeah, they're so good. Thunder were better than the Rockets last year. Yeah, because they have one of the better players, and now they have Oladipo. Well, Thunder lost Kevin Durant, and now they are no longer one of the best teams, but the Rockets are. So all right, well we'll do this another time. All right. So uh, <laughs> the other uh, question I have for you is just a random uh, side note because I've been kind of intrigued by it lately because of what I've been following with the Celtics. Uh, what are your thoughts on five thirty eight analytics? So I saw the things you retweeted today. I'm um, yeah, and, and, and this, I I'll, I'll just read what they read what they yeah. say and then I'll then I'll tell so, you. So so I've been following what five thirty eight projects for tell, the NBA. Tell them what five thirty eight is. Five thirty eight is and and it's actually so they're not just sports. They're they're basically a big data analytics engine website. Um, five thirty eight is actually named after the number of electoral college votes. Uh, so they their their history starts as like a political data analytical type of thing and they've branched into sports and that's where they've gotten their fame a little bit they're tied to espn espn features them a lot and a lot of stuff um but they 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 have all these engines where they run all these probabilities and analytical data models and algorithms and all this stuff and they project what outcomes will be and what like you know futures will be and things like that so uh they do game by game like they have probabilities on every game of on every you know game that's going on every single day and they have these probabilities of who's going to be the top seed or who's going to make the playoffs, who's going to who's going to get the top seed in their conference, and then who's going to win the title. So I've been following that because the top seed is a big ish, big uh, conversation point for the Celtics because they're within striking distance. They're yeah. actually tied right now with Cleveland. So so I've been following this, and then in the in the past week, as the Celtics have won a few games and the Cavs have lost a few games, the Celtics have flipped up to having now a sixty six percent chance at the top seed in the East, which is interesting. I found it interesting. Is it because of most likely their it is opponents. their remaining schedule. Yeah. Yes, their remaining schedule. And so that part of it is not very surprising to me. Like the sure. Celtics have a head-to-head game left with the Cavs. That's probably a toss-up because it's in Boston. And then they have an easier schedule. So no no qualms with me, you know, with them saying the Celtics have sure. the best chance at the top seed. Here's where my here's where I find it really just interesting. And I'm and there's a specific question I'm going to ask you about it. Okay. So winning the title percentages. Here I'm going to go down from top to bottom. The Warriors are 51%. Okay, let's throw them out. Okay. The Spurs are 18%. And then third place is the Celtics at 6%. The Rockets the, are wait, 6 The Warriors are 51%, 51% to win the title? 51% to win the title, yes. Which is, which is ridiculous. I disagree with that. And, and so, so... But the, go... The, yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. So I, I have a side note to that after. So 6% Celtics, 6% Rockets, 5% Wizards, 4% Raptors, 3% Cavaliers. So, mm. so, so they give so the Cavs as the fourth most likely team in the East to win the title. And what's that based off of? So that's based off of, in fact, actually, let me. Because uh, 
It doesn't there, seem there, correct. There was a description. How this works. The forecast is based on 50,000 simulations of the season and accounts for team fatigue, travel distance to games, and home courts with higher altitudes. Uh, ELO ratings are a measure of team strength based on head-to-head results and quality of opponent, while, project- while player projections estimate a player's future performance based on the trajectory of other similar NBA players. Um, it seemed, that's essentially it. It's an interesting way of measuring and, it. And so... Because it's legit just like the stuff you don't consider. Exactly. And, and so... <laughs> So first, first of all, um, as far as the Warriors, fifty-one percent, right? Things like that. I agree. That sounds crazy to me. There's things I disagree with all the time on this. Yeah. The 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 asterisk to that is that this none of this is opinion based. So this is all what their engine turns out. And so sometimes it seems crazy to me, but recently I've been following it a little bit more. And for instance, the uh, the end of last week, so I've been following pretty much all the Cavs projections because the Cavs and Celtics are in a race. Yeah. And the Cavs were facing Denver last week, who's not even a playoff team. Denver is under five hundred. And 538 had Denver at 60% chance to win the game to 40 for Cleveland. I'm like, where, where the hell is this coming from? Why, why would Denver be a 60% favorite in this game? Altitude. Denver wins by 13. And so I've been following some of these. They had the Wizards as a, as a 60-40 favorite to beat the Cavs last, or two nights ago, and the Wizards beat the Cavs. And so I'm like, okay, what is up here? And so uh, my question to you is that, is you know, it? obviously, so obviously, this model is not factoring in that LeBron James is LeBron James, and yes. that the Cavs have a history of going on runs in the playoffs. Um, but how much stock do you put into it when there might be something? It's like so. The, the what what people are pointing to recently is their defensive rating, that their defensive rating is actually terrible, and people aren't noticing it. Hmm. How much stock do you put into something like this, or do you think? It's it's just going to be turned around because my my one thought on this is that things like defensive analytics are not something that a guy like LeBron James controls by himself. Yeah. Well, my first two thoughts are this, which and it's you're not going to like it, but <laughs> the fifty one percent and the four percent are the two dumbest numbers I've heard, <laughs> or, and it may be true based on yeah. their data. But you you're telling me you would take the Warriors versus the field in the in the playoffs? No, no, yeah, no, no exactly. Not. I mean, yeah, like yeah. according to the numbers, yeah, yeah, and. That you wouldn't that you wouldn't give LeBron I would give LeBron James a fifty one percent chance alone to make at least make it to the finals. I mean they're gonna have to yeah. go through the Celtics at some point. Yeah. But who else? I mean the Wizards are not gonna the, beat them. The, well, that, that's the part that got me. That's the reason that this is on the the agenda today yeah. because the Wizards and Raptors passed them. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I, I understood the analytical reason to have the Celtics as maybe a slight higher percentage to to than the Cavs because. Yeah. The Celtics have good head-to-head results against the Warriors. They have good head-to-head results against the Cavs. Like, I, whatever. There's analytics that are going into that. The Wizards and Raptors jumping over them is like, okay, does the guy who runs the site just hate LeBron James? Or, like, yeah. you know, it doesn't because so, it's all analytics. So I'm just I'm, – I'm interested that the analytics would even turn that out. Yeah, you know? I would also – we should do this at the beginning of the season next year and take yeah. a look at the numbers because the they, end of the season have, in the NBA – is kind of really, really watered down. Yeah. The players are tired. They're not playing the regular minutes. It's true. You have some injuries. You have teams that are blatantly tanking. And you have teams like the Celtics who are playing desperately for the one seed. While I don't think LeBron and company and the Wizards and the Toronto, obviously they want to win, but it's a thing for the yeah. Celtics to get yeah. the, the one seed. Yeah. The others kind of just want to, are happy to make the yeah. playoffs. Well, the Wizards and Raptors aren't really in reach of it right exactly. now. So they're and, playing and the for Cavs, the three seed. And the Cavs are dealing with their own stuff internally. So yeah. I think this is the numbers could be skewed for a lot more Definitely. reasons than just yeah. altitude and length of travel. Yeah. Um, so, no. The <laughs> answer is no. I don't I, think they're correct. I will say, I, so they, they do have a little drop down here. You can choose the date 
that the you can choose the date from which the they, they store all the dates weekly. Um, the October twenty fourth, the preseason uh, odds they had Warriors fifty five percent chance to, to win. win the title. Yeah, preseason hmm. Cavaliers eleven. We should run. So, it's interesting. A hundred simulations. Does this do baseball too? Uh, five thirty eight. They do. I think. Yeah. Let me. Let me go. Before the a, season, this is going to sound peek. really stupid, and you're not going to want to do it. But we're. I'm going to suggest it. We should run a hundred season simulations on MLB The Show. <laughs> That's s- a lot. <laughs> and see what. Or That's a lot. But fifteen. <laughs> fifteen. We 15. could probably do. And just let it run. Like turn it on during the day and let it run. Yeah. And then compare the numbers to that stupid website. And I bet they'll be pretty much the same because it's just an algorithm. It's just data floating around. Um, so they do, and, they, and then we'll comp- then we'll use that for some interesting comparisons. They do MLB, but I'm having a tough time finding the central MLB page. I found the AL East. That's huge. Um, That's all we need. Maybe we'll just simulate the AL East. So the expected number of wins, uh, they have the Rays finishing third in the AL East, and the Red Sox finishing first at 88.8 wins for the Red Sox and 81.8 wins for the Rays. So winning eight tenths of a game will be tough. I'll I'll admit that. Um, but so that's uh, that's it. That's it. That's uh, just a little tidbit on five thirty eight. So I want to uh, also the other thing we didn't get to my second thing that oh, I have the, the most. Yes. I have a very strong opinion about <laughs> for the first time. Hu- actually, huge huge news <laughs> out of the monster truck community yes. this week. For the first time in history, in competition. A monster truck completed a front flip. A, f- a monster truck completed a front flip. If you can't, I wish we had the audio of it. It would. <laughs> I would just love to listen to the audio because people go nuts. If you go to a monster truck rally, you're either ten years old or you're a person who cares about monster trucking. There's no, there's no middle ground. People were losing their minds. Um, it was, it was wild. Uh, the the monster truck ramps off one ramp, lands with its wheels. On the back wheels on the ground, so the, the the truck is straight in the air with two wheels on the ground. Steps on the gas again, so it's basically <laughs> running with two wheels. Hits a very steep ramp uh, on this on the second part. Front tips forward. The full monster truck in the air does a front flip. Amazing. Wow. One of the better monster truck things I've ever seen. I don't watch a ton of monster trucking. Neither, neither do I. That's a fact. Fun fact about me. I don't watch a ton of monster trucking. Uh, but that was certainly one of the better monster truck. <laughs> things i've ever seen for yeah. sure and i suggest looking it up because it's a 10 second video you'll probably catch it in a gif without even having to open up a website yeah so it's the, very cool so there you go look it up the mechanics of that and the skill of the driver to be honest was pretty impressive I mean, an I mean, artist to, to this to, guy was an artist to coordinate and land that was very impressive so look up that video uh and that wraps up period number three brings us into the final drive do you want to go first or you want to go second I'm going to go first, Derek. First, all right. Just to kind of get this over, just get this over with. All right. Yeah. Cool. It's been a long episode. <laughs> um, Darker Shade of Magic. So I, I recently finished a three-part book series, a trilogy, um, that was very, very good. Darker Shade of Magic by Victoria Schwab, uh, otherwise known as V.E. Schwab. Um, I give it 94% Steve Nicholas avocados. Uh, certified guac. Very good. It is a fantasy adventure novel. Uh, a fantasy adventure series, probably similar to Harry Potter, if you guys have read Harry Potter. Um, I didn't read all of the Harry Potter books, but I understand the world, and I saw the movies. This is very similar to that. It's a very good cast of characters. There's a very unique world that they all live in, sometimes worlds. 
and there's a bit of magic, but it, it's not cheesy. It's it's very well done, very easy to digest, and it gets dark at times too. So it's it's not just a, a kids' fantasy novel. It's three very good books in a very tightly wrapped, complete trilogy. You're very satisfied with the ending. Um, I can't I can't say enough. I mean, you really have to like that genre. It it is a fantasy is a fiction fantasy novel. There's very little real reality involved, but if you like that kind of stuff, just in for a good new series to pick up, The Darker Shade of Magic by V.E. Schwab. Very good. There you very, go. Very good. What's your rating? 94%. Steve Nicholas 94%. Avocados. 94%. Steve Nicholas Avocados. Wow. All right. So, Darker Shade of Magic. Go pick that one up. Uh, my final drive is a quick update on the NBA Tankathon and the forecast for the NBA draft. Uh, the uh, tank fest that's going on in the NBA, the Nets are... Still leading that, even though they are not tanking intentionally because they don't have their own draft pick. Uh, the Celtics have that, but the Nets uh, at 16 and 57 are still in last place. They are five wins uh, behind the Lakers, so it'll still take in their last, whatever this is, nine games or so, uh, it'll still take a pretty decent effort for them to get out of the cellar uh, and give the Celtics less than the best odds to get the number one pick. But nonetheless, the Celtics will have very high odds, and looking to the draft pool, uh, Markel Fultz out of Washington is still my guy for the Celtics here. He's a combo guard, about 6'5", uh, projects to be able to play in a backcourt with Isaiah Thomas eventually, potentially. Uh, he's not a true point guard the way that Lonzo Ball is. I want nothing to do with Lonzo Ball. You love him. Um, who, Lonzo Ball? Yeah. No, I don't. Um, there's not, I have nothing against Lonzo Ball himself. Uh, his father is ridiculously annoying and I think will be a distraction. Uh, also, just I don't like the culture that his dad projects to his kid is very entitled I don't, i'm worried about the whole thing uh and also lonzo ball is a pass first true point guard which isn't really what the celtics need um a few other guys uh, had a little bit underwhelming tournament performances for me josh jackson jason tatum both had their teams exit the tournament on bad notes there for kansas and duke uh lots of guys jonathan isaac actually out of fsu is a popular top five or ten pick but I don't think he'll be as high as the Celtics will be picking. He's so really good. either way, I, I, Marco Fultz, I think, is my guy. And uh, hopefully that's who the Celtics end up with. Uh, last thought is that even if the Lakers jump ahead of the Celtics in the lottery, I think that they would take Lonzo Ball. The same might be said for Phoenix, too. I think Phoenix might end up taking Lonzo Ball. Uh, I think that he might be the best player for a team that just wants – for one of these tanked teams. I think that he might be the guy because he's a true point guard, whereas Fultz is more of a combo guard. So I, I'm optimistic the Celtics get their guy either way. Um, but that's that. NBA draft is uh, or NBA draft lottery is the next big date uh, for all those lottery teams and the Celtics as well, which is in mid-May, I think. So mm -hmm. there you go. Cool. Good luck. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Well, I Magic, appreciate it. Magic picked up a, a mid twenties pick from the. Yeah. The there you go. There you go. There's something. <laughs> One slightly uh, cruel side note that won't actually happen, but it could happen under the rules. The Celtics have this pick swap with the Nets. Uh, technically, at the draft lottery, Danny Ainge could make the Nets go to the draft lottery. And sit there, and and watch the ping pong balls get called. Really? Yeah. Instead he he of doesn't going, he yeah. doesn't have to exercise the pick swap until the lottery is official because the, the, they don't know where that pick is technically. Yeah. The Celtics pick will not be in the lottery, but they don't. The Nets the Nets pick isn't finalized yet. So they can go. The Celtics and watch have a the ball. choice to make the Nets go watch the balls. And that they won't get. And that, that they will not get that pick. Yeah. So that won't happen. But it's just a funny little cruel. Side note to the rules that Danny Ainge could torture them if he wanted to. Yeah. So uh, that's that for episode 58. If you heard your second, uh, we'll see you guys next week. Episode 59. Later days.